despierta, mi bien despierta, mira que ya amaneció. Paul and Patty know this. No matter where they go or what they do, they always try to remember what to do if the atom bomb explodes right then. It's a bomb, duck and cover. Sundays, holidays, vacation time, we must be ready every day, all the time, to do the right thing if the atomic bomb explodes. Closer you are to your microphone, I think the better. Um, but okay, how how does it sound right now? Is it like, is it tinny? Is it? Well, well, Kenny, I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, we're, you're gonna, you're you're on the shittiest sounding podcast on the internet. So, <laughs> so. No, that's that's fine, man. Hey, that's how they did it back in the day, you know, like with the telephone, like you know, they have a guest call in, and it sounds even shittier than Skype. I know, I know, but you know, honestly, at this point, it's been three years, and my audio hasn't gotten any better. It's I should be ashamed of myself. But but listen, that's not what it's about. It's about it's about what's about to go down. You and I are about to philosophize deeply about the metaverse and the state of the world. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I'm so excited, Kenny Nichols. I I you know I figured we'd just get the conversation going. Right. Let's let's do this. You're one of the first people I've ever met in VR that really gave me like honest 
hope for humanity. Because <laughs> the <laughs> well, Nichols I, I, dynasty is, it, and you and your brother Bob are like two of the coolest human beings I've ever I've met in VR. So, so uh, thank you for like adding so much positivity to the community and just in uh, general to the world, dude. I'm, I'm very humbled and, and honored to hear that. Like it's, uh, you know, when 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 Bob and I first got into this, I wasn't sure what to make of this. Like when we did the first SVVR, uh, you know, he, he traveled all the way out to California from Boston to check this out, and we didn't know what to expect. Like you know, as much people there, you know, how are they going to accept this? Because you know, we look a little different. We you know, we're, we're we have a albinism for for people that don't know. It's a it's condition that that uh, you know we have like a, you know light hair and uh, light skin. So you know definitely stand out sometimes but but anyways um so we went there and everyone there was insanely cool like they didn't care at all you know who we were or any of that stuff like you know they approached us and talked to us uh you know and it was it was great you know so i was like oh okay that's that's a good sign um and so um so that that's our off a good tone um you know meeting people from the this new community um and throughout the whole, um, you know, time that we were there, it just continued. Like, just so many enthusiastic people who are really excited about reality, um, and we're totally geeking out about it. And so, yeah, it was it was great. And uh, I'm very honored to be a part of this uh, community. And I'm sure the same could be said for for my brother Bob. Yeah, so I, yeah. We're, we're honored to have you both. So, but Thank let you. me ask you this, and I don't mean to relive or go into b bad memories, but have you have you been in, in 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 situations or communities where you guys didn't feel welcomed, or there was this, a bit of weirdness not so, going on? Well, not so much my brother. Like my brother, uh, he lucked out. He he um, you know, he he had a pretty good you know childhood growing up. As far as like, he didn't run into the issues that I ran into, like in school, like, you know, um, like I said, going back to, you know, we do look different and, um, and so, you know, kids will obviously, you know, can be cruel sometimes and, you know, so they'll pick out the things like, Oh, anyone who's different, you know, we can make fun of or whatever. And so, you know, been the, the butt of many jokes. Uh, but my brother really never ran into that. He lucked out and his, his classmates, you know, treated him just like everybody else. Uh, so he never really got that. However, me, um, I was always tormented in school and, and was always, um, you know, kind of the outsider. I didn't really have any friends per se, um, growing up. I had, I had one or two kids in the neighborhood that I hung out with. Um, but, uh, but other than that, it was just, you know, just nonstop harassment, uh, for, for most of my high school career. So it's, uh, you know, definitely... Uh, left a mark on me and so i'm always you know curious like okay am i going to be accepted like what are people going to think you know and i try to be an ambassador uh for people in my situation like you know i try to be outgoing and kind and understanding and and try to you know because uh, because the thing with people with albinism is that you know hollywood um has portrayed people in our situation like you know if you look at today's like bad guys, they're always like you know like an albino, like it's some pale skinned guy with you know gray eyes and 
You know, if you look at a lot of recent Hollywood movies, and even Family Guy pokes fun at, you know, they poke fun at everybody, but it's just like, man, we can't catch a break, you know? There's no good movie where he's got an albino guy that's like, you know, comes in, saves the day, cool dude, you know, none of that. The closest thing would be Powder, which, you know, again, he was kind of like an outsider, kind of weird, but like, you know, and it's 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 uh, unfortunate that uh, there isn't anything out there. So it's, it's definitely, uh, it's an uphill battle, but... I think with this community, it's been really cool. Um, for for I, I'll jump back to um, like say in the workplace, um, it's it's been okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm visually impaired as well, so that can also be a factor. Like you know, uh, people having to accommodate for for this the situation. Uh, work's been, you know, it can be, it has its ups and downs, just like with anybody. So, uh, but I think this community has been the coolest uh, group of people that I've run into, the most accepting, um, other than our group of friends that we know back from, you know, Boston. Um, you know, they accept us for who we are. They didn't care. You know, they're a bunch of geeks like us. Um, and, and the same goes with this this community. They've been kind and open and, you know, all the good things. So um, so I think I'll uh, stick around. <laughs> I hope we hope you do. I really hope you do. What, so, what are your mechanisms for right for coping? Because I, I have a story that that um, I uh, I found uh, I, I found it in, really interesting. There was um, it was at the beach house at the I mm -hmm. think it was Oculus Two. You and I were there, mm -hmm. and yep. I remember I remember uh, there was another. I remember we went to we got to the beach house, and I think mm -hmm. I was with you. And there was another girl yep. who was also albino. And oh, she had found out. Um, so she, we, we, she was upstairs, and I think you were downstairs, and you guys hadn't seen each other. And then uh -huh. she had found out that you were downstairs. Uh huh. And then she was like, "Oh, oh," because someone was like, "Oh, um," someone was like, "Oh, you should meet my friend Kenny. He's downstairs. He's he's also albino." And she's like, "Oh, there's another albino here. Um, <laughs> that means we got to fight to the death. There can only be one." And. <laughs> The way she said it, I was like, the, the it's like she found a way to like really, really, really um, find laughter and humor, um, right? To cope through you know sort of like this, this extreme, um, like this unique sort of thing that makes you guys stand out. Um, right, right. Um, what's what's funny is I actually never met her in person. Like Blair met her, um, I think talked to her or something. Uh, I never did, or my brother never did, uh, which is uh, unfortunate. It's like you know we're such such a rare breed that you know running across somebody with the same condition is like you know, um, you know not 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 something you find very common. So uh, hopefully one of these days we'll uh, we'll meet. Um, I know there's somebody actually with uh, Almosum that that goes to the Boston VR meetups. It's actually a, a girl. I'm not sure if it's the same person. Uh, very well could be but uh which would be you know cool but but we actually haven't talked to her either huh uh, See, maybe she there. doesn't want to duel you maybe she she's yeah. like you know I mean, so, yeah, man there's there's enough there's paleness going around <laughs> you know <laughs> what about what about you what is what is your mechanism of coping with uh, you know I, I guess just you know the the bullshit that has happened to you because kids were yep. assholes or human beings aren't oh best. yeah well it's 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 very uh you know, it affects your your self esteem, your your wanting, you know, like your self worth. Like, you know, am I worthy to do this? Like, do I, you know, am I up up to the 
up to the task. And so, you know, this, this is actually uh, my very first uh, podcast uh, that I'm, you know, doing uh, solo with, you know, you know, like my brother, I've, I've been on his show um, before, but I haven't really, you know, done anything like this. And I've always been, you know, kind of a little bit shy and, you know, not, not good, uh, you know, for whatever reason, just, I can't describe it, but it's just like something that just sits on my shoulder and, you know, I don't know. Uh, just know that you're, you're natural. You got this. Oh, thank you. We, we got thank this. you. Thank you. We got this. Uh, but, but, um, so yeah, no, it's just always something that, that has been, um, you know, just with me, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it, it definitely, like I said, it, it left a mark and, and it's something I'll always probably struggle with. Um, and actually we've talked about this before, um, as, uh, like imposter syndrome in, in a way mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, am I, am I, you know, good enough to do this? Am I, you know, will I be found out <laughs> mm-hmm. type of thing? But you know, it's just something you have to get over with. I mean, we're all very passionate about this this field, and uh, you know, we've we've put our heart and soul into learning all the technologies and and learning you know everything about virtual reality. So, um, so you know, I guess you know we're all you know experts in one way or the other in this in this field. So, you know, I try to remind myself that, like, hey, man, you know, we you know spent many years, uh, you know, learning learning all this stuff together. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle, but I, I, I feel, um, you know, pretty, pretty good these days. Yeah. Um, I think your perspective is, is needed because I think something that you were, we've, we've spoken in the past about, um, a lot, uh, making sure that there's a voice for, uh, people that have vision issues, um, Uh um, and allowing more accessibility and figuring out ways for VR games and applications and hardware to be more accessible, I, th- yes. I think I think um, I think that message is really important because and, and you know t- tell me more. I mean, I mean, how are uh, yeah. yeah? Tell me more about what's uh, what are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> right. So uh, here's an interesting story. Uh, forgive the uh, I don't know if you can hear the. Uh, <laughs> so I live in downtown San Francisco and in hearing the police sirens. Uh, Apparently is a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no worries, yes, no yes. Yeah, right, right. So, okay, so that went away. Um, so, to kind of back up a little bit, um, when my brother and I were, were, you know, younger in our, you know, late teens, early twenties, and we were going to go ahead and pursue our careers, um, you know, he's five years older than me. You know, we we look similar, but believe it or not, we're not we're not twins. We're just, you know, uh, he's five years older than me. Um, so he, he tried, he was all gung ho for doing computer animation. Uh, you know, he did some stuff in high school. He had an uh, Amiga computer and, you know, did some animation stuff and got recognized for that. Um, and then he went and interned for Disney, uh, did their college program and wanted to get into that, that field. Uh, but unfortunately the resolutions were too high. Like the text was too small. And the, the user interface was too small, so you know he had to, you know, pick something else because of that. And so, and that's just a consequence of, you know, um, you know, I guess the progression of technology. Um, and the same thing went with me. Was I was you know, uh, psyched to do uh, you know like a computer repair, desktop support, networking, all that stuff like that. 
But the thing that happened was during this time when I was, you know, um, was learning this stuff for, for a professional career, like the resolutions just get, you know, higher and higher and the text got smaller and smaller. And uh, same thing with me. I get pushed out so I couldn't do, you know, desktop support where, you know, you walk up and you look over somebody's shoulder and, you know, you can uh, see what they're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, let's say, you know, you're in an office and somebody says, hey, I, you know, have a problem. Can you come take a look? Well, because everything's so tiny, I can't really go and do that. I'd have to sit down, adjust their settings, all that stuff, and it just doesn't work out. So I had to kind of ratchet my career a little bit, change it up a bit uh, to something, you know. I was like, well, you know, damn it if I'm going to sit down and just type all day, and that's what ended up happening, you know. Whereas I really wanted to kind of walk around and work with my hands, you know, build computers, do networking stuff, you know, run cables, all that stuff. But, ah, well. Um, so that's one of the things that uh, the advancement of technology can can do, like, to, I guess, a subset of people is, you know, we kind of get pushed out. And that's one of the things that um, I'm somewhat concerned about a little bit with with VR is the same thing might happen where, you know, oh, resolutions get a lot higher now, so... Uh, we can make everything smaller. We can fit more stuff on the screen. And by doing so, um, you know, that's one concern that I have. Uh, but on the flip side, uh, VR has so much potential for people with visual impairments and other disabilities as far as, you know, being able to augment or enhance, you know, their shortcomings or, you know, their their issues that they have, like, for instance, with us being able to, um, you know, make things as big as you want, as close as you want, um, change the appearance so that it's, you know, best suited for, you know, people with poor eyesight, having, like, high contrast, you know, white text on a dark background, um, as opposed to the, the normal situation, which is, you know, basically looking like paper. So, anyways, uh, so, yeah, so there's 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 the, the I guess, the, the whole gist of it for, for our perspective. And so I've actually talked to uh, pretty much, you know, all the major companies um, unofficially, like, you know, during conferences and stuff, I'd run up to them and, you know, talk to them and say, hey, uh, you know, totally like what you're doing and, you know, kind of give them, give a, you know, point of view from our perspective. Uh, and and what's funny enough is a lot of people were intrigued by this. You know, they're like, well, that's, you know, um, virtual reality for the visually impaired is something we hadn't considered. Um, so, so I'm hoping that, um, they, they run with that and, and, you know, we get to see some accessibility features built in. Um, and that's one thing that isn't there yet is some, um, ability to change the interface around. So like, you know, for instance, if you have text, uh, there's certain VR, you know, games and experiences that have you know text menus labels and sometimes they can be a little bit too far away so if it's on a gear vr we can't walk up to it like on the vive and you know look at it very closely we're kind of stuck in that position so um so there's got to be a way for us to be able to move those uis forward or make them bigger or something so that's that's my hope Something that the uh, the 2D paradigm of navigating the web has an advantage over in, on on the UX UI front is the ability to zoom in and out of text. 
Right. And even then, it's not 100% perfect. So mm. when you zoom in on a web page, you know, hitting, hitting control and then the you know, mouse, mouse wheel uh, to zoom in, and what can happen is it doesn't just zoom in like you would on like an iPad. An iPad and an iPhone work great. You know, you zoom in, scroll around, that sort of thing. When you zoom in on a web page and blow everything up, everything can kind of overlap and, and turn into like spaghetti. So it's not 100% adaptive. It does work, but it's not exactly, you know, 100% effective. Now with VR, you don't even have to worry about zooming in on web pages because you know why? You can just you know, use uh, like a motion controller, grab the interface and pull it towards you and look, you know, inspect whatever parts of the website you need to and, you know, pull, you know, put it back to where it was. That's the problem so, with the Gear VR right now. It doesn't, it doesn't really have something yes. like that. Right, right. Um, and I've talked to folks from actually the uh, Samsung Internet Browser Group um, and, you know, told them about this, uh, you know, it'd be able to like make, make the, the website pane bigger, um, have it, you know, do a wraparound UI. So whatever angle you're looking from, you know, it's, it's from the same distance. If you make the window bigger, what can happen is, is that the text, because it's so large and so spread out that believe it or not, it's too far away. Like, you know, if you look up, it's, you know, it's just out of, out of reach for, for, people with bad eyesight so trying to get those little nuances ui nuances built into these these browsers and it's um something that hasn't happened quite yet you know obviously this is a new industry and they're busy trying to get you know all the basic features in there and tackling those things so um, i'm hoping one day that they'll they'll uh you know set aside some time to to tackle the accessibility stuff and you know I've talked to Google. I've talked to people from Microsoft. I've talked to people from Sony. Uh, but again, it's a casual setting and nothing in any official capacity. So I don't know if there's a way um, that you know I can talk to all of them. Um, I know that there's a new organization out there. Uh, is it the GVRA? Uh, this new association that has Oculus, Sony, Samsung, Star VR. Uh, and I think there's one other uh, HTC. They're trying to and form a, form a, form standards around VR. Is that their intent? Yeah, their their alliance. It sounds like they're they're starting. Well, there's a few initiatives that's been going on. Um, uh, one is this alliance that they formed to kind of promote the you know this industry and and you know kind of interface with the public um, as far as like you know. Making sure that the public understands, from from my from my point of view, from what I've read, you know, making sure the public understands what this technology is about, advocating for this technology. So, um, so I'm thinking about approaching them and saying, hey, you know, how about accessibility? Is that something on your roadmap, or uh, you know, something you might want to hear so you're informed about these things? Because, you know, like I said before, VR has potential to help out a lot of people. Um, in, you know, situations like, again, where, you know, normal technology quite doesn't solve their problem, but VR can, um, not just for people with visual impairments, but people with mobility impairments and, and the like. Um, but on the other hand, if, if things aren't done properly, like certain mechanisms aren't put in to 
help adapt some of these things. Now, now don't get me wrong. Some things will never be able to be adapted, like, for whatever reason, depending on if the creator of the content, like, has this vision and doing so might, you know, completely alter whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think if they can somehow just have some mechanism that can be switched on to make, you know, make the application more adaptive. Um, that would be fantastic. What recommendations or suggestions would you have for hardware developers, HMDs? What what could uh, HMD uh, design uh, do in itself to promote better accessibility? Right. Well, I think on the HMD side, things are pretty much um, just about solved. One thing that I really liked about the Gear VR, and I actually uh, talked to uh, John Carmack briefly about it, Actually, it was during a Minecraft event when they were launching Minecraft or, you know, showing it off to the public for the first time. And uh, I was sitting there playing Minecraft, and I could hear his voice. And and when I was done, I took off the headset, and there he was standing in front of me. And he said, you know, what did you think of it? So we were talking briefly, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned my uh, visual impairment. And, he, you know, um, and then he mentioned the focus wheel on the Gear VR. And he said, for whatever reason, the Oculus engineers didn't want to have a focus wheel, but Samsung put that in. Which has been great because it's allowed me to, you know, kind of dial up something that's, you know, a little bit closer to my prescription, um, you know, like you would with a pair of binoculars. You know, you can adjust the, the focus on it or the, you know, to get it so that it's, you know, clear. So something like that would be awesome. So the, that way you can kind of dial up your own prescription. The gear is the only one that does that, though, right? Because the the yes. the uh, H, the Vive doesn't do it, the Rift doesn't do it, nope. and the uh, Daydream don't do it. Um, does the Correct. PSVR does? Does PSVR have? No, no. Wow. No, not is the the Gear VR is the only headset, to my knowledge, that does this. Huh. So so kudos to Samsung for that. Um, you know, one of the things that they do have though. Uh, is the VR Lens Lab, and they will make prescription lenses for all the major headsets. Um, I don't think they have anything for PSVR yet, but uh, I'm sure that will come along at some point because you know there's a huge customer base already for that. Oh, for sure. Um, so I'm sure. So I'm sure they'll they'll figure out something. Um, yeah, but let's, for... let's not beat around the bush. Wearing an HMD with glasses has got to suck balls after like a. Long oh time. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I tried putting on. Uh, like the Oculus Rift with some glasses and, and I have a bigger frame uh, and so those barely fit in you know it, it's you know can be a, depending on the design choice of the of the HMD that they go with you know can make it easier harder to incorporate glasses into you know to put inside the HMD um, if you have smaller glasses then you're fine you know you can you know get it to you know fit in there but for me like if you have big hipster glasses um then you know you might be in trouble but um but yeah so i guess um yeah having something that will dial up you know your prescription or you know having easy snap them on prescription lenses uh would would work out great where the problem lies is the um is the software side mm -hmm. and that's probably something that could easily be fixed um or not fixed i would per se but easily adapted because you're dealing with geometry, you're dealing with things that are easily scalable. Um, now, granted that you know when you scale these things, it obviously doesn't chew up more resources on the GPU, CPU, memory side. Uh, that that's the only really issue there. Um, 
But other than that, I mean, it's 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 easier than say a traditional computer graphics where it's been raster graphics, which are literally just pixels. You know, you can't really. I mean, you can scale pixels, but you know, it's not as easy as scaling geometry vectors and that sort of thing. So, um, so at some point, once they, I guess, you know, feel comfortable with where they're at software-wise, they can spend some time to, you know, again make this stuff accessible. And I'm not sure, you know, if if having some universal tool will do that, where developers are freed from having to incorporate accessibility features in their apps and that's exactly what i was going to ask you like what about creating a plugin that all any developer could just sort of drag and drop into their 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 project and right right yeah what what do you think about that right and that's something where the game engine uh companies would 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 come in where unity and unreal and the cry engine um they would um you know have some ui um um, I guess uh, features that would allow you to scale them. Basically, like if you were, you know, had a game controller or some keyboard combination to activate these UI features that would allow you to scale or, you know, move closer. Uh, you know, these UI elements. Um, that that would be cool. And again, that would be something I think that wouldn't be too difficult because again, you're just you're just moving around 3D objects in space, which these engines are really good at doing. Um, so that that's something I, I hope they do. Uh, one other option that I've thought about is uh, is actually these uh, like uh, driver injectors. Like uh, um, for some reason that's uh, escaped me. Um, uh, shoot, <laughs> um, Vorpix. There we go. Oh yeah. So Vorpix, um, I've played around with back in the DK two days. You know, I tried, like, getting Borderlands to run and all that stuff. And one of the things I was able to do is actually, um, because it was a DirectX 11 game, uh, I was able to affect the geometry a little bit, like changing, you know, how close or far the UI was um, and a number of other options. So I was like, wow, this actually has potential to, you know, perhaps be used in that realm for accessibility bringing these user interfaces so like you know for playing a game and you need to know some information that you can't see well then you're you know kind of in the dark uh but if you can just push these ui elements or make them bigger then you can you know play the game or use the app so and i think either something that the game engine companies can incorporate or having a third party driver injector like vorpix um using some of those features uh to to help would would be fantastic so sorry go ahead um, yeah, no, that's that's really about it. You know, just you know, I think things that could be you know done in a reasonable amount of time. It wouldn't, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel here. You're literally just adding some feature on there that you know you can just enable. It doesn't have to. You don't have to alter the gameplay or alter really anything per se. For I would say majority of things, just make it adaptable. That's all. So the good news is. Um, that there is a, a solution can be formed from multiple channels or, or there's different ways to approach a solution mm. for this. The, 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 the problem becomes, though, um, how do you, you know, and, and sorry for sounding like an asshole. No, 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 no. Because, it, because all of this makes sense. It makes sense um, both 
from like a more moralistic point of view to, to, to allow more people to have access to these experience. And right. from a pragmatic point of view, like, you know, or, or business minded point of view, like this, this, this will make you money. Um, but, but, mm-hmm. but then how do you sell this to the business types? Like, what do you, what sort of market p- potential, what sort of growth do you think, you know, um, do you, are, are, are you able to provide them that will say, that will perk up their ears and they'll be like, oh, oh, maybe this is. Working. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's translating, you know, helping out somebody who's visually impaired or has an impairment to dollar signs. Which is why I sounded like an asshole, but, but yes. No, no, no. No, that's sadly, I mean, that's just the world that we live in is like, you know, for the most part, you know, people won't do anything if, if there isn't money attached to it. Not not all the time, but uh, things have actually gotten better, um, you know, since like the 80s, 90s where, you know, uh, give an example, um, Microsoft and, and again, Microsoft is now a different, I think, a different company than it was, you know, say 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but from what I heard uh, from uh, somebody in the, the blind, uh, visually impaired community was that Microsoft was approached by one of these blind organizations uh, to make windows i think this is during the time that windows 95 was coming uh they said hey can you make can you incorporate certain features into windows to make it easier for you know uh these uh software packages that you know do text to speech and you know zooming the screen um easier uh for the software vendors for for you know who make these this software and I guess Microsoft's response was it was you know going to be too expensive to do, so they didn't tackle it. And it probably wouldn't have been. I, I don't I don't think you're just zooming in and out, you know, something very trivial today. But back then, they just didn't want to bother. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I think today you know it's a different landscape. Microsoft's a different company. And as a matter of fact, real real quickly, uh, during one of their uh, keynotes not not for WinHack, but it was uh, the the previous major announcement that they have when they actually talked about vr uh one of the very first things that they showed was uh how they're working on to make windows and their applications more accessible to 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 uh to people who you know who are disabled visually impaired that that sort of thing which i thought was fantastic like the very first thing that they showed so you know it's a whole you know whole different company but anyways back to the dollar signs um, you know, there's many millions of people who are visually impaired. Now, uh, that's, you know, a, a pretty broad spectrum, you know, from minor to major. Uh, there are people who are, you know, obviously completely blind and, you know, VR won't be able to help them really per se, um, you know, with the visual stuff. But, you know, there are certain people like my brother and I who are in this realm where, you know, we, we have our vision. It's not great, but you know, having something that adapts would, you know, would be that final, you know, gap that's filled. So there, there are like, uh, I believe from what I've read, there's about like 10 million visually impaired people in the United States, if I'm not mistaken, or something to that effect. It's, 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 it's a larger number than I think most people realize. And so that's, that's a whole user base right there. That's millions of people that can now, you know, comfortably buy your software and use it. Um, uh, that that you know you can make it available for. Um, so that that's my my I guess uh, side of things on you know being able to make 
you know, profit off of this, I guess, if you will. <laughs> you know, the more the merrier, you know, for, for you know, buying stuff, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And do you ha are there so the example that you mentioned of the um, the visually impaired organization or the organization for the visually impaired that reached out to Microsoft to see if they can get um, more accessibility tools into the into Windows. Do we have an example of that right now as an organization that is uh, out there actively pushing, actively pushing has members that are actively nope. pressuring through nope. social media? There's none that I'm aware of. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, I've approached uh, one major one here in the city. I won't give out the name because, unfortunately, it didn't go. Like, I, I have talked to various people within this organization and just, you know, haven't gotten anywhere with them. And it's it's uh, kind of sad. Uh, I've shown off the Gear VR to people, you know, who are who are in a position to actually do something about it, to, to really evaluate the technology. Um and I showed it to them, but it, it didn't quite work out for them. They, you know, they, they had mentioned that uh, they, they had tried, like, basically anything 3D would give them a headache. And, and so, unfortunately, that's what I think happened uh, for, for them. Obviously, that's that's a very, I think, rare use case because, you know, many people have tried <laughs> VR and, and usually it works out. But anyways, so I, um, you know, try to go down that path, you know, get, get an organization behind this um this initiative but uh again uh nothing nothing from their end so i i pretty much said screw it i'll just do this on my own and hopefully i'll have made enough connections and and gotten enough people's attention that uh you know enough people's attention that that they'll you know they'll do something about it and think it's a, a worthy cause and i think i think i've might have pushed the dial ever so slightly like you know i've reached out to people on twitter uh uh, for instance, uh, there was a. I'm trying to remember the gentleman off the top of my head. Uh, he he was uh, talking about you know what features you want to see in web VR, and I thought this was a perfect opportunity to bring this up. And I said uh, accessibility. Josh, Josh Carpenter liked, was this Josh from? Google? I think that I think yeah or, I think you're right, Josh Carpenter. Okay. And uh, and so I mentioned that, and then um, I'm not sure if it was because I mentioned it, but but a couple weeks later he actually mentioned that he wanted to tackle accessibility in web vr so hopefully that goes somewhere um so i don't know if i've pushed the dial forward but i'm you know trying to make an effort to to do so where are you um, most hopeful are you most hopeful on the web vr front on the console vr front on the pc vr or on the mobile vr front like who which front is more proactive for accessibility at this point um as of right now um as far as results as far as something that's that's you know happened, um, really nothing too too much. I'd say the most capable of the platforms is uh, PC, just because of its open nature. As far as like being able to design whatever app that you want, and so um, I uh, I think that's probably the has the most hope for somebody to to be able to design something. Actually, as a matter of fact. Um, I worked with a developer. Uh, actually, this is on a uh, started uh, with a. Uh, we were interviewing uh, this developer on a show that I do called Gunner's Universe. Uh, well, I, I'm, I basically just do the camera work when, and our good friend Gunter uh, is the host of this show, as well as my brother. He's the co-host. But so we're interviewing this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? What have you done? You know, other projects?" And he mentioned his ebook reader for the Gear VR, and I was like, "Oh, 
that's you know I I got really interested. And he's like, well, I'm not sure you know where we want to take this. Uh, and and I piped up during the show, and I was like, I know exactly what you can do with this. And I, I explained to him the situation of people with visual impairments. So we actually worked on um, an app, uh, that, an ad- adaptation of this um, app, uh, ebook reader, basically. You know, removing some of the like, you know, it was a very, you know, the app had a lot of like, you know, ambient light and that sort of thing. So we stripped that out, uh, turned the the uh, book um, like from white uh, background with black text to high contrast, black background with white text, uh, made the book a little closer, increased the text, that sort of thing. So so we were getting somewhere with it, but. Um, What's the name of this app? This is fucking amazing. I don't even know what I don't know who this is building. Who, who's building this? But this is this is this is what I've been looking for all my life. I need this. I this is, this is right. so cool. I because you uh, know what I wanna I I wanna lay down flat on my back and not have any not hold up anything with my arm while I read. Right, right. Um, because you know why? Because so you know why when I read like that. Sorry, Kenny. I, no, I'm, no, I'm go so ahead, excited go when go, when go, I read go. like that. I I sometimes fall asleep. And, I, and the phone falls on my face, um, mm-hmm. so I don't want that. And I think this is the perfect use case. I mean, this is this yes. is the solution I've been looking for. Right, and I think it's called like the Virtuex uh, ebook reader. If I hopefully I'm not slaughtering the name, but but uh, it's it's the only ebook reader for the Gear VR that I'm aware of. So if you type in ebook reader Gear VR, you'll you'll, you'll stumble upon it. Um, so I don't know if it's on the it's on sideload. I know that, or at least it was. I, I haven't checked it out, but um, so I'm I'm unf- you know unfortunately the only person that actually has that adapted version of it. Um, I can at least use it as a an example of you know being able to make applications that you know are adaptive and 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 enhance the experience because i mean that's the huge thing to be able to sit there and read you know not hunched over um especially people who are visually impaired you know we have to use a magnifier so we're literally reading scanning line by line at a time like we can't just sit there and casually look at the book and start reading we have to like you know basically have our head on a swivel I have nothing to complain about now that I, <laughs> if you told me that. I have nothing to complain about. I, uh, I, holy shit, that sounds um, <laughs> like not a, like it's not ideal. That sucks. Right. My my brother he he doesn't care. You know, like you know I I you know I've read many textbooks and stuff like that. Um, my brother loves to read. He has a Kindle that he uses, and it seems to work for him. Uh, his vision is slightly better than mine. Uh, so he's able to you know use use those those amazon kindles uh that are out there with the smaller screens um but uh, you know he has the text all jacked up and it works for him and like he 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 reads quite a lot of uh, sci-fi novels uh that sort of thing um what i've done and here's something interesting so uh the the hope right now i guess the the the, the best candidate for for helping people out is actually virtual desktop and I've recommended this to people who are visually impaired, um, you know, uh, in for you know who were interested in using VR um, on Reddit, and so um, uh, like people who were losing their eyesight and you wanted something to help them at work. And I mentioned virtual desktop and using like a DK2, and this was you know like a year ago. 
So hopefully that worked out for them. I hadn't heard, you know, heard, you know, the results after that. But uh, virtual desktop and apps like that are probably the best hope um, for, you know, for at least traditional media like web pages and that sort of thing uh, to, to make it much easier. Like, for instance, you're talking about just laying back and reading a book. So I actually did this with, with the HTC Vive because we have room scale. Um, my whole room is covered. I, I live in a studio, so um, I, I set it up in such a way that basically practically just about the whole studio is covered for tracking. Huh. So I literally walked over to you know my bed, laid down because I don't have a I don't have a couch, can't fit in here. So uh, laid down, grabbed the screen. Um, this wasn't for virtual desktop. This is actually for another uh, app. Um, um, I used it in a in a little bit, um, but. Uh, basically just grabbed the screen with the Vive controller and dragged it over and then put it up above my head. Nice. Started reading. Nice. And it worked. It, it was, uh, worked out pretty, pretty well. Um, had everything jacked up to high contrast using, um, you know, the Amazon, uh, Kindle reader for the PC and turning everything to high contrast. Um, and you can also curve the screen as well. This app off offered a, a curved screen. Um, and so, again, everything was at the same distance, so when you move your head, it wasn't too bad. And I was able to get it, so you didn't even need to move your head, really. Um, you know, I had it just so I, you know, spent a good chunk of time just messing with the setting, seeing what worked best, you know, because obviously if you're moving your head back and forth, you know, if you do that for like an hour, that's going to, you know, not not work out long term. So Yeah, you're going to uh, carpal tunnel in your neck. Yeah, exactly. Um, so So there is hope. And, um, you know, there's, I think enough stuff out there, like, you know, there's, um, you know, all these, these virtual desktop apps that are, that are coming out. There's like envelop, um, and, and a whole host of other little ones on uh, steam, like, you know, indie devs working on their own version of, of desktop, um, apps for, you know, basically desktop and VR having your windows desktop and apps come up on a floating screen in front of you. Um, so there, there's all these different projects on Steam, and I've tried a few of them and provided feedback f- for some of these developers. How long can you lay down on uh, with the Vive before it's, it feels kind of too heavy on your face? Um, actually, for quite a while, it's it's not that bad. Um, at least for my experience, like you know, obviously you can you know after a while you can feel the weight of it, but um, if you have if you prop your head up just right. Um, you you can sit there for quite a while I think, for over an hour. I think by hour forty nine, I was pretty <laughs> over it. <laughs> oh right, yes, because you did the the whole basically hundred hours in yeah. in in the five. I remember that. Yeah, and, but, uh, but yeah, you can push it all the way to forty eight, and you'll be fine. So okay, well that's that's good to know. So in case <laughs> I need to have a marathon reading session, just I'm good to go for at least forty hours. <laughs> just in case you ever need uh, two days off. Um, right. But but yeah. So what? Let me ask you this. What about what? Can you can you tell me or can you imagine a, a, um, a vision problem or a set of vision problems that can't be solved with software? Like what, what are the um, limits of the software? You know, where where do the right. limits go? So so basically, um, it's basically has to do. It's 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 an individual case by case basis because there are so many different eye problems. Um, out there that you know so vr isn't going to work for every eye problem out there it'll definitely work for i think a lot of them 
but like you know if you have issues where like you know parts of your vision are are blocked out you know like in in your center center you know of your eye uh that obviously wouldn't work out too well you know because you're only going to get the corner so and obviously if you're totally blind vr isn't going to work out the thing actually that would work out is having audio vr basically having you know 3d sound uh you know positional sound hmm. uh so that's something um that could work for somebody who is totally blind uh not only that but also um uh tactile feedback having devices that provide ta- tactile feedback do you think someone can develop um, a fake form or a virtual reality form of echolocation if if you develop like or is that or is that too impossible that, right now that's there's... well that would be accomplished with using the 3d audio stuff um Dude, imagine you know, navigating a virtual world with echolocation. That's insane. That, would, that be, would be insane. Yes, that would be a very unique game or experience, for sure. Like being able to just, you know, you could use, you could speak into your microphone, make like I don't know whatever noise you need to make, and then have it echo around stuff. Oh. So, that would be kind of crazy, where you're just in the dark and you make noises or you 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 know virtually tap on stuff. Like I don't know, you have a a pan or some thing that makes noise that you can use your motion controllers to like bang to like hear the noises around you or just i don't know something like that it would and... be called batman simulator <laughs> right <laughs> um so uh so yeah so even even bits and pieces of, of vr you know could could be used for somebody who's completely blind and i do believe there are um uh, apps out there. There's a gentleman I spoke with actually. It was during one of your uh, the meetups that you had. Um, it was the, the VR 101, um, the Metaverse Scholars Club. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we, um, I believe you and I were both talking with him about it, and he he came from that field, uh, you know, the visually impaired uh, community, and he mentioned that there were uh, apps out there uh, that did this. Uh, for for people who are totally blind, so so I guess it could be uh, adapted like that. So there so there are limits, uh, and then how do you reconcile? You know, so there's there's going to be a, a, a certain amount of work that that is going to be get put onto this platform, this medium mm-hmm. that is going to allow more people to have access. But right. it seems to me that it's kind of it's it's it will, we'll, we'll never be able to get a hundred percent of the population in VR until we right. get neural you know the neural cortex or something. Um, right, right. Once you get into the matrix, then you've pretty much solved all that. I mean, other than like make you know having because of somebody who can't see at all, like their brain is I I would imagine wired differently. I mean, they have a visual cortex, but I don't know if that's going to require further type of training or certain types of re- rewiring because they've never been able, you know, for people who've never seen before, that, that would be the extreme case where, you know, that's the unknown. Like if you were to, I, I, I know that, that they've done experiments where they've, you know, taken a camera and, and literally connected it to the human brain uh, and it does work. Um, but you know, that that's definitely way down the road. You know, that's, I think, I guess the ultimate conclusion of virtual reality is, you know, do we get to that point where it's, you know, connecting directly to our nervous system? Well, um, let's go there because here's, sure. here's, here's the thing. I, I've thought about, um, I, I've thought about that question and I've asked it on all the different exponential technologies around us. Like, 
Yeah. You know, where what is what is the conclusion of virtual reality? What is the conclusion of 3D printing? What is the conclusion right. of AI, of drones, of right. um, synthetic biology? And and mm-hmm. for example, with the in the case of in the case of um, uh, 3D printing, um, I, I think what we're gonna end up be, uh, where that will end up concluding, um, it it will be in the in the uh, atomic fabricator or something, you know, like the, right, the, right, like the, the gray goo of of uh, you know with nanotechnology, that, yep. you know, that whole prophecy that you know will be consumed by gray goo. Or uh, the, you this know. magical box will, will give us everything we'll yes. ever need for the rest yes. of eternity, right? One of right. The two. It, and I, I've had philosophical conversations about that with people, like, you know, because they were talking about traditional economies, like, you know, um, you know, like, oh, just, just you know, the issues with, you know, humanity and poverty and, and that sort of thing. And this, this is like, this is over 10 years ago. And I said, you know, and this is where, was, you know, this is where my mind was at back then. I, I explained to him, like, what happens if you had a device that could give you everything you needed? Like what, where, you know, how would that change everything? Like, you know, cause that's how, that, that's basically why, you know, we have wars and conflicts and, and, and human misery is literally because of limited resources um, and the means to get them to where they need to go. But if you had a device that could make anything, food, clothing, um, shelter maybe maybe not one device but maybe one or two devices you know that could build anything um you know what then like if you know if it got to the point where building these building these things cost next to nothing you know this you know this machine or robot or you know technology nanotech could you know could gather the materials to to build itself basically for just about zero cost you know it didn't need any external energy sources. Um, it was completely self-reliant and could do everything it wanted to for free. You didn't have to pay it. You know how would that change everything? I have a theory. I think I know where that ends up. That ends, where does that end? I, I I think that ends up at Burning Man. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds fucking crazy, but here's the thing: you go to this place, and uh-huh. it's a week of uh, uh of seventy thousand people believing that that machine or that thing already exists because of the gift economy that uh, right. happens. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no money trader trading right. bartering. There's none of that. Like, the, and, and yeah. so it's discouraged. And and so what happens is, is you you have this weird place where like things don't matter. Like, right. And 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 so I feel like that has been the closest thing on planet earth that i've ever experienced what that could right. be like when all of a sudden material things don't matter but you know what does end up mattering after after when, when things physical things don't matter um experience matters that matters a lot right right and that's that's like basically the the final frontier and i think that's the thing that vr is tackling and sex it's, it's, yeah yeah sure hey why not you know um uh, you know, nothing wrong with because wars that. have been fought over sex, over love. Oh, I'm before. sure that's you know and, and happened many many times. That's the problem. I wonder, like Kenny, like will we still end up fighting over something once that the 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 atomic replicator you know shows up? Right, right, exactly. And and that that's 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 one of those things that you you know that's going to be a a test for humanity is like okay now that we've built this technology that takes away all of our pain points uh, for existence 
um, you know, will we revert to like a, you know, truly peaceful society? And, you know, obviously there's going to be issues with people who have, you know, that might have a mental disorder or something where, you know, all the things in the world won't be able to solve their, you know, unless they have found a way to help, you know, cope with that or, you know, eliminate it. But so that, that's a perfect segue to the next exponential technology, right? Because that would be the role or the ultimate conclusion of synthetic biology. Because right. when you ask, when you ask yourself, all right, well, where does, where does synthetic biology end up? Like, what is the conclusion of us being able, able to modify DNA? Like we can modify code that ends up right. in a world where, you know, we'll have replicators that can give us and produce anything we want externally. And then mm -hmm. we'll have, synthetic biology tools that will that will transform us into being right. whatever we want right so it's yeah exactly crazy like both both things will work sort of in symbiosis if you see what i'm looking at i don't know no i totally totally dig it man and and i think that's 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 going to be awesome you know again having synthetic biology and having a really good grasp on you know genetics just you know like case in point my 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 issue that i have you know with albinism like you know not only can i get burnt by the sun really easily but i have bad eyesight because of it and so with with you know this future tech you know that could help might alleviate that or have that so that you know you know for people who you know like to like the look you know the the white hair and all that stuff but they want to keep you know have a good set of eyes you know that that could be accomplished um you know or, or whatever trait you want you want to have blue skin go for it you want to look like a Smurf? Knock yourself out. <laughs> I always wanted to look like a Smurf. Thank God. Yeah. My, my, my dream is coming reality. So it's, yes. but that's, and here's the thing. I think we're going to, we're going to hit with, we're going to get hit with a ton of bricks of both the good and the bad at the same time from both these things. Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that we can't, can't really yeah. control. You know, with, right. same thing with VR. Like I, I guess the only thing that we can be, we can do honestly um, at the very minimum, is just be aware <laughs> as much as right. we can about uh, the both the good and the bad. Um, right, right, exactly, and yeah, the, the being the con being at the driver's seat while all this is going on is definitely the way to go. Like you know, with Elon Musk, you know, as, a, as an example, like basically saying you know, you know, having some sort of cautious being, you know, mindful of this technology that you bring into the world, you know, I artificial intelligence so uh, where does that end up let's let's move to that one like what, what is the right. ultimate conclusion of artificial intelligence right well you know that's that's a huge thing right now and actually uh back to elon musk he, he, you know he was talking about this with all this automation going on and ai taking over human jobs jobs that that you know just a few years ago would have been unthinkable you know in in reality as far as like oh there's no way that my job could ever be taken over like for instance you know, they have, um, you know, computer vision now can detect, you know, uh, medical conditions and, in, in, you know, like, I believe it's like x-rays and different, you know, MRIs and that sort of thing better than doctors. Um, they've, they've trained these things uh, to, to be, you know, better than, than the professionals that have spent a good chunk of their life, you know, studying uh, that these machines now can do, like, far, far better. And it's, it's only going to get, you know, the, the, the gap is only going to widen as time goes on. Kenny, I found the conclusion. I found the conclusion. Yes. All right. So so we have um, with the replicator, you can have anything you want. With the synthetic biology, you can be anything you want. And with AI, you can do anything you want. Yep. 
Holy shit, dude! It's coming. It's uh, becoming more and more simple. Uh, we're breaking it down. I, I'm just excited that we're breaking it down like this because it's actually the yes. first time in my life that I've seen it this way before. No, that's 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 awesome, and and you know it's you know I'm I'm I have thought about this a lot myself. You know, just you know, just in general, like you know, I love to think about these things, uh, and and uh, yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic. I mean, there's there's a bright future ahead if we make of it that future you know as long as we're responsible and you know um i think a lot of things are gonna have to to change like we can't just you know so so i guess the question is this is people are worried about jobs being taken away but i think that's not the problem that's just it's the symptom of a problem um and i think that's where a lot of confusion is is people mistaking the symptoms for the actual problem when as a matter of fact they're just the result of something else. All right, Dr. Kenny, we need you to prescribe a solution here then. All right. So basically, you know, people like, oh, they're going to take away jobs, you know, and we're going to live in in this dystopian future. Well, the problem is these jobs, you know, the reason why people need jobs is to survive, right? They need to put food on the table. They need to have a roof over their head. And that's the thing they're worried about is, you know, taking away the jobs is taking away the money. Well, if we... If we can somehow figure out a way to provide this income, i.e. universal basic income or something like that, then the problem solved. You can then get rid of, you know, wipe out poverty at the same time. And as a matter of fact, they have found that giving people cash incentives, like, you know, not just like a welfare, but just helping out, you know, somebody, you know, in, in poverty, you know, by giving them cash to help better their lives, they will actually do that. More more often than people think, is most people are like, oh, they're just gonna go and buy booze and cigarettes, but that's not what uh, the, these studies are finding out. Is that they're actually using this money to better their lives, and that's one of the I think the net effect of of this automation stuff. And I think a lot of you know the, the, these tech um, entrepreneurs are basically trying to get at is that you know having robots and AI and computers do all this. Um, you know, manual labor and just monotonous work for us will free us to pursue other things like, you know, the things that we were born to do, you know, whatever passion is, you want to be a musician, you want to be an artist, uh, you know, painter, sculptor, whatever you want to be, uh, you can do that. Uh, the, the means are there for you to express yourself in the fullest way possible. What about this? Unhindered. Think of, let me think. It, 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 I'm 100% with you so far. But when, when people say something like, well, you know, you're going to give this homeless person money. They're going to go buy booze and, and cigarettes. Like, like I am, a, you know, oh, man, this is this is a this is a big issue to sort of unpack. This is a big right. one. I, I'm, I like right. it. I like it because it's going to it might end up in an uncomfortable place. And that's good. I think, right. I think so. So, so the thing about it is, is, is someone will say, "Oh, they're gonna end up buying booze and cigarettes," um, mm-hmm. but then they stop there. You know, why stop there? Right. You know, because then you, you, you don't, you're not really solving anything. You're just, you know, and I would, and I would, and I would say that, like, basically, what would end up happening is the people who, you know, if universal basic income became a thing, then, right, and, and people ended up buying booze and cigarettes with that mm-hmm. money, I think yep. w- what we really need to ask is, like, why are they? <laughs> is this person suffering right. from an addiction? Is this something that, like, our, right. a, a mental it, health safety net could sort of take right. address? Yep. And, 
it just and, seems, and, yeah it just seems really interesting that we stop there and it's just like right. there's more there's more that there's more there we can we can and then right. there's stuff we can do right and 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 this buying of booze and cigarettes that's a symptom it's not the problem it's a symptom again this goes back to the reason they're doing this is because they're trying to take away the pain they're trying to distract themselves in the moment by doing these things not only just booze and cigarettes but movies uh gambling anything else that can just take them away from the reality that they're in for for as long or as you know for for any amount of time that they can get away from they'll Even do it whatever reality could mm-hmm. be a, a yeah so yeah and and you know again people who come out and would criticize vr saying oh that's going to be the the downfall of humanity as far as like oh we're going to be stuck with headsets on uh i don't think that's the case at all i think there'll be cases where people will do that you know that might abuse you know take it a little too far uh but you know that's just you know again it's a case-by-case basis as far as you know there'll be extreme individuals there's there's extreme everywhere um in humanity like you know, for whatever reason, people just don't want to, you know, have a happy medium. They want to go one way or the other way, you know, or whatever direction they want to go to. Um, and so that's just, you know, one of the things that's and just going to happen. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. And I think now more than ever, we have the tools to address the, you know, to be aware of the issue and address mm-hmm. it better than ever. Because here's the thing. Um, and this sounds Orwellian as fuck. But imagine <laughs> a world where you because uh and ex- let's accept that you're being tracked you know every, right. from the moment from here on out there is no privacy there's no such mm-hmm. thing you know for let's for let's forget it your dick pics are out there just let's just <laughs> it sticks out for harambe everybody but here's what happens yep. um you, you have this world where all your actions are being tracked in the metaverse and yep. AI is unleashed on you. Deep learning is unleashed on you uh, with the intent to figure out what uh, or di- to diagnose you with mental diseases. And so right. one day the uh, deep learning algorithm finds out that, you know, holy shit, Chris, you've been going through some shit and you're displaying mm-hmm. some patterns of addiction in your form of being on the metaverse. We're going to recommend right. you to VR therapy. And you yep. have this telemedicine platform where you have a real human being uh, or an undistinguishable chatbot, chatbot mm-hmm. talking to you, coaching you, trying to sort of make you, help you work out, you know, your your issues, your problems. I think one thing right. that is missing a lot is, you know, everyone needs someone to listen to them for a little bit, you know, yep. <laughs> like right, you, right, and and no, and no one has the time for that anymore. Like no one has the time to like just sit right. down and listen to someone you know without judgment without interruption right. you know and right and that could and, be a that could be a tool um and so right and in exactly. a way vr could create problems but it could also be the solution to solving those problems and we got this never-ending cycle <laughs> right right but but back to the you know if, if we were to take away a lot of the the, the pain points of these you know the things that would manifest you know like you know mental disorders like or, or you know what have you um manifest themselves you know if you take away the, the things that you know again the things that might agitate somebody who who might in in other situations like if if they you know didn't have all these problems and you know wants and you know just just stuff that you know that would agitate them maybe they would you know some of these problems wouldn't really arise and and would be manageable like you know Again, you know, a lot of this stuff, I think, stems from just, you know, the way things are right now where, you know, it just 
you know, the way society is built up is could, you know, stress people out or, you know, and, and that's, you know, and then whatever issue that they're predisposed to, you know, it takes it to the next level. Um, you know, they're just in that situation where let's say for instance, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to use me as an example. So I am predisposed to having, you know, no pigment, no melanin in my skin. So if I go stand out in the sun, you know, um, for too long, I'm, I'm going to get burnt. But, you know, obviously if I stay inside or, you know, put on sunscreen, well, then I'm not going to, you know, get, get burnt. So, um, so just having the proper conditions out there might help prevent or make their, you know, you know, whatever condition that they have more manageable. Um, and maybe not much, maybe not as much therapy will be needed in the future as far as like, you know, just, I don't know. That's, that's my, I guess, ramblings. Let's, uh, let's go, let's, let's move forward. Let's try to see if we can try to close the loop of this orchestra of destruction that is happening around us with the process or the progress of technology. When, when you think of VR, Kenny, what do you, what do you think is the ultimate conclusion of VR? Um, well, um, I guess my, my version is, you know, uh, making it a tool to, to augment human thought, to enhance human thought, not just to entertain ourselves, but to really, um, you know, open up, basically increase the bandwidth to the brain, as some have said, and, uh, really allow us to, you know, if we have an argument of some sort or, you know, just be like, well, I think it's this way. And then other person says, well, I think it's this way. If you can somehow, you know, take the numbers and just, you know, put them out there and argue and have something that can visually show you, hey, you're right or you're wrong or, you know, maybe you're both wrong. Uh, you know, I think that's really, I think, the the killer app there of VR is is allowing people to express themselves and to, you know, really uh, use it as a tool for, for thinking new thoughts. But where do you think it'll end up 20 years uh, from now? Yes. Oh, 10 years from now? 20. Let's go 20. 20. Let's go far. Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> that, that, that's when it gets blurry. Like, because God knows what, you know, where we'll get. You know, it all depends on, you know, if these advances are made where they can, you know, you know, basically jump into the nervous system and, and kind of intercept that and, you know, provide a new reality, like, you know, basically just, you know, divert <laughs> our normal senses and have this other synthetic sense come in and, you know, kind of, you know, I wouldn't say take over, but, you know, kind of be there for a while until you don't want to use it anymore. But I guess that could be the ultimate conclusion is basically the matrix. Um, hopefully not as violent where you jab this giant, like, you know, cable into the back of your neck but maybe something a little more subtle or you know um but that that i think will be the ultimate conclusion really is just you know where vr augments human consciousness um vr and ar mixed reality if you want to call it will basically be another tool and and you know i guess in a way we'd i don't know if you'd say merge with it but you know it'll be another natural extension of our abilities to you know to use what is the worst possible future that you can imagine this technology taking us ah uh, yes where everybody's stuck in virtual reality and nobody wants to do anything out in the real world like that would be a you know 
I mean, over generations, that would definitely, I think, cause issues. Like if you did too much of one, just too much of anything is never good. Um, so that would, I guess, be the, the, the future, I guess, you know, where, you know, everyone's just using VR and not doing anything else, just sitting around. <laughs> yeah, how, will, how how will, how would we know whether whether we're heading in that direction, and then how would we stop it if we if we were well, there? Well, well, basically, if you were to walk outside your house and go travel somewhere where normally there'd be a lot of people, like downtown area, like in a city, and no one's around, that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> <laughs> if it looks like that everyone was just removed from the planet Earth and you were the only one there, then yeah, that that's 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 the sign. That but, we've gone to. Why is that a bad thing? Hold on. I imagine imagine how awesome it would be to walk down through downtown San Francisco and be right. and have it all to yourself. Right. Well, that's that I some mean, I am legend shit, but it, it would also be kind of kind of cool once or twice, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Don't get me wrong. Having some peace and quiet, like I mean, as you know, San Francisco is a very you know busy city, and you know all, all sorts of you know, I mean, just craziness going on that's I mean, an understatement right right and i live in the downtown san francisco area and, and i see all the extremes so i mean you know if it was a city that was just you know you know you turn a switch and it was just empty and you could just walk around and not have to you know i guess like like even for somebody like me who is visually impaired like you know, don't have to worry about running into somebody or dodging cyclists on the sidewalk or you know god knows what um you know that'd be kind of cool <laughs> yeah, yeah you know yeah. having to so. uh not having to dodge human poop once in a while is uh something yeah, that would be nice god man these dude what is it with all these people who, like doing heroin in public holy shit man it's crazy it's like yeah it's getting it's, it's and here's the thing here's the thing i'm like it, it, you know i don't i've i i'm, I'm a bit machiavellian in, right. in the way i think about humanity and and Machiavelli says something about human nature being like a river, and right. and, and and rivers being sort of this force of nature, you know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't stop the flow of a river. Like you can dam it, but o- o- once but over time, after a hundred years, your that river is gonna figure out a way. You know, either right. like subterranean or that dam is gonna collapse, and and that river is gonna find a way. Like and it's the same thing with humanity. Like you can't tell human beings. To not do something, and when you tell right. them to not do a drug, um, they're gonna they're gonna find a way. They're gonna do it. I, I just and I just like man, Civic Center Station, dude, is like yeah, one it's of the craziest places on earth. And the craziest right. thing about it is that it's not unique at all. <laughs> right, at all. And, and it's it's a, sadly it's a common thing to see all sorts of you know craziness going on, like you know people abusing drugs or you know just you know doing. Yeah, you know, like even the area that I live in. Like, let me paint you it, a scene. Let me paint you a scene. I was, sure. I was walking. I was coming down Civic Center, uh-huh. going down in Civic Center, and I see one lady tri- tripping out. I see, and then I see a dude like sticking out his arm, injecting himself, and then, and then in the, and then uh, at the end of the hallway, there's this violinist playing uh-huh. somewhere over the rainbow, like that, like the, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, now, song? is this a dream or is this? No, this was this is Civic Center, San Francisco on a wow. Tuesday morning, Tuesday night. Holy like this fuck. is crazy. This is crazy. Like, <laughs> um, and and I was just I'm just thinking to myself like, holy fuck, this is this is surreal. This is like this is what 
This is this is the future we don't this want. This is San Francisco <laughs> in the 21st century. Yeah. And you know, like, man, it's just why can't we be more like Amsterdam? Just have or 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 those places in Northern Europe where they have the the clinics where the people can just go shoot up and just just fucking yeah. do it somewhere else, like like right. And get and help, like get, get some... exactly. And again, you know, why are they doing this in the first place? Like. You know, it's like, why are they like, oh, I'm going to do this drug that's going to, you know, fuck up my life. It's like, you know, are they just like, well, my life's already fucked to begin with. Excuse my French. You know, so I'm going to just, you know, enjoy as much of it as I can or as little of it as I can uh, by, by doing this. But again, if you turn the turn everything upside down and you, you know, they were given a, you know, uh, you know, a dignified, you know, life where, you know, they had, you know, they could eat, they had shelter, they had, you know, all the things that they needed would they, you know, would they become these junkies? Yeah, San Francisco Um, has been really good at turning a blind eye to junkies, homeless, and suicide rates. Yeah, it's, so, so where I live, I, one thing I've noticed, actually, believe it or not, so I used to work the night shift. Uh, I used to do IT work and, you know, supported other parts of the world, you know, where they, you know, it was a normal day for them, but here, it was, you know, midnight or two in the morning but uh, i would always take you know take the mission bus down to you know the financial district to work at night and you know for the most part you know you'd see the usual san francisco fair of, of people um and uh but now like you know years later like you know when i go outside if it's a, a you know later on in the evening there are like tents like tent cities that pop up like just like rows of tents down in this area that I've never seen before. And it's a recent thing. I don't understand why, but now like just, just people are just setting up tents. They're like, fuck it. I don't, you know, they're, they're, they're just, you know, um, I don't know. Setting up camp. Yeah. Um, it's, I, um... I guess it's better than having a shelter, having privacy. I mean, if that's a better way to go about it so that, you know, they're have a safe space at night, then, you know, then so be it, you know, definitely want to make sure that, you know, they have at least have something, you know, instead of just, you know, the sky above their head. Yeah. It's some, um, it's some district nine shit. Like frankly, yeah. it's just, and it, it's like to be poor in this country is to be a second class citizen. You right. Know? Yep. And, yeah, and, and it's, it, 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 it's just the real, it's just truth of the truth of reality. If like, you, if you like, you're you're gonna if you're poor, no one's gonna bail you out. No one gives a shit about you, and right. and, and 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 good luck if you're all, uh, an indentured indentured servant on top of that, because people right. like like me have student loans that we mm-hmm. can't default on, and we are forever tied to this debt, and that I'm gonna be constantly paying. So uh-huh. not only am I you know trying to survive paying taxes and trying to be you know a, a regular person trying to. Get by, but I got this huge fucking amount of debt, um, just to, just because I wanted to get an education. And maybe maybe that's my yeah. bad. It's my bad. I shouldn't I shouldn't have gone. Well, well, I mean, well, well. Here's the thing. I mean, society and the education system specifically has pushed, you know, college as basically, you know, okay, after high school, you're gonna go to college. Yeah, I was a shithead, and that's all they told me, and that's basically, basically, that's that was the normal thing. That was what we're supposed to do. It's like, okay, well, today's my birthday, so I'm gonna have a birthday party. Completely normal, right? Yeah. But see, with college, you know, after your birthday party, you don't have, like, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, 
you know, after the birthday party, unless you're, you know, really want to have a birthday party and go nuts. But for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it's just gotten outrageous. And, and from, from my understanding, it has to do with like a lot of these colleges, like buying property and doing all these crazy projects that are jacking up the, uh, the, the costs, like even more so than it's ever been by, by quite a large factor. Um, and it's sad, you know, like, you know, you want to learn a trade or, you know, profession that, you know, you can make a decent living at it. And now they've turned it into this thing where it's like, okay, well, Hey, if you want to, you know, it's the pay to play system essentially. Yeah, man. Uh, Where it's like, Oh, you gotta, you know, basically have, you know, have basically have something where it's like, well, it's basically a house mortgage, but your education. Uh, And you have to basically go into debt to make a living, which is kind of capitalism is a tool. And it's a, it, and and one of the tools of capitalism is the profit motive, mm-hmm. and it can be turned to do both good and evil. Yep. And when it turns to, and when you turn the profit motive uh, onto things like life, you know, human freedom, um, yep. education, uh, basic human rights, like th- like when you try to make money on basic human rights and dignities and, and just shit that anybody everybody should just owner- universally have from the get go, because right. let's accept it. Like from the, it's hard enough to be human. It's hard enough to just be human. Period. And then you gotta yes. add all the other shit on top of that. Like come on. <laughs> like let's 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 try to like give each other a chance. Give ourselves a chance. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, exactly and and um you know let's try to make the environment that way like you know let's let's try to set it up get the blueprints down get the foundation yeah. so that we can you know have you know have all the things that we need to thrive not just survive thrive but here's the thing in most people most people if 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 it if it comes down to it like we're most on mostly on the same side <laughs> Like you right. talk about, like let, let's like, let's let's go here, Kenny. Let's talk about this sure. election a little bit because yes. it's because I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think um, I, I think most people are on the same side, and mm-hmm. and we we don't we just don't realize that you know when when thing and and I'm I'm very idiosyncratic. I'm very um, human in the sense of how um, I reacted to this whole thing like there's two parts of me the emotional part of me and the rational part of me and the right. rational part of me is barely waking up it was barely like sort of like coming out and realizing oh 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 shit okay you know oh okay let's 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 gather let's get our shit together it's like it's right. like it's like I just survived the plane crash and yep. I've been screaming, ah, 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 ah. Somebody helped. And, and now I've just been able to calm down for like, it took me a month. Good, good. Um, Excellent. But because dude, seriously, holy shit. It's been intense. It's been some intense shit. Just, just, like, Oh yeah. And the problem and what I've, what the, the thing that has helped me cope, it, the, one of the things that helped me cope the most is like, is my, uh, is sort of this, uh, feeling of just letting go of right. what, people are telling me to believe <laughs> on the media right. no, exactly. i just let That's... go i just don't i don't give a fuck yes. i'm not i don't believe you i'm done right i'm done it's, right it's... And, and and that's pretty much all you can really do i mean other than being a good person that's the, you know don't be the, the the thing that you know you hate like, i'm trying you know, really hard to not be a bad hombre right now just right right <laughs> and, 
there's there's a lot of pent up there's a lot of emotion going on right now a lot of knee-jerk reaction stuff i mean it, it sounds like that it's rightfully so as far as like you know who's this guy that just showed up you know um you know and and you know from what people have said is you know pretty uh can go pretty off the cuff and just go crazy like you know sending out all these tweets acting in a way that you know not really many presidents i don't think have acted this way before yeah, yeah. but um it's he's not the first in history to do some of these things that that are happening now like going after businesses um other presidents have done this um in the past and and there are other presidents who have you know where where people thought well this is going to be the last president they're going to take over um actually uh warren buffett talked about this uh when he was a kid like you know his parents you know talked about the same things that we're talking about today you know what? Here's, but here's the thing, Kenny, and, and sorry for interrupting, but I, I just I just realized uh, that I've been listening to all these political commentary uh, no. shows and watching all these like and and reading it, and, and I've come to realize that they got it all wrong. Everyone has yeah. it all fucking wrong. I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> I sound like a complete no, idiot I, saying this, but I think no, I know why he won. Laid out. He won because he was able to promise people bigger things. Oh yeah, well that's, that's all it was. That's all it was. Everybody's trying to point the finger on one thing or the other, and I'm sure it, it's all a combination. But at right. the end of the day, when I see his promises versus hers, holy yep. shit, holy shit! Even right. I want to build a fucking wall because it sounds cool to say, because it just sounds so magnanimous. Oh, but well, but that well, sounds but even as that, as insane as it sounds, like I no, I don't want to build a wall. It's well, I, I'm, I'm brown. Come on, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ, come it, on. like. Well, well, it, that, that's what it came down to. Human beings are very simple. You you just gotta give them. You just gotta promise them the most. Hillary should have told people, "Look, everyone's gonna get free blowjobs. Everyone's I gonna think, get." Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I I think you just you just came up with the manual to how to be a politician. <laughs> I, I think that's all you do is write write a book how to be a politician. Give and that's promise people all they, outlandish shit. Exactly. Free pizzas for everybody on you know Taco Tuesdays. You know we're we're doing it. Which is uh, why Bernie would have won because he would have mm-hmm. he had he, there was uh, Bernie believes some outlandish shit. Oh, that, he does, and and it's it's real. I mean, so, I mean he, I mean the stuff that he said was you know a, a huge positive for for you know the working class. I mean, he really advocated for that, which is which is awesome. But certain things you have to wonder, like, okay, is this doable in our current you know uh, setup as far as like our economy and how much we can actually burden as far as. You know, I'm not an expert at all on this thing, but, you know, there are some experts out there that were like, you know, his plan, you know, may not be doable in the form that he has it in based on the way things are set up now. Um, but, you know, but who knows? Like, I'm again, I'm not somebody who studies these things, but, you know, so it, it's it's these things, you know, these these promises that, you know, if I get elected, this is going to happen. Well, uh, you've got Congress, you know in other parts of the government that are going to, you know, determine whether that promise happens or, you know, it was this a, a just a, you know, hot air, like, are they just using this to get elected? You know? And, and I think that's what, I think some of what Donald Trump was, was doing was just, you know, how can I get this population, this, this portion of the population to vote for me? I know I'll, pro- I'll promise them what they want. I'll, you know, pretend to give them what they want. You know, if you vote for me, I'll solve your problems, you know? I'll cure what ails you. Yeah. Um, whether he actually intended to do so or not, you know, is another story. Um, you know, so that's 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 the thing. And you know, 
and and they they're probably well aware of this that like the stuff that they're saying you know i've heard people talk about this in the news that that's a normal thing like oh they're just campaign campaign promises they're not actually what they're going to do you know basically saying what they say in the campaign and what they actually do when they govern or can be different yeah like it's a normal thing like so if they're saying that then you know that you know that's just a tactic that's used to you know get people elected you know to to say the things say whatever they need to say to get people to vote for them that's basically all that matters and then when they get in there you know then they're going to just do whatever you know they set out to do regardless i mean maybe they've had you know their minds changed over over time over the years you know whatever thing that they thought was the way to go they might have you know changed changed their mind on certain things but you know it's just yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of factors you know yeah when it comes to politics it's, you know it, it's hard because for me like um i i look down at my body right now and i see brown skin and i can't mm-hmm. and no matter how much i try to look down it's never gonna turn white <laughs> and what's right. and, and and people like steve bannon scare the shit out of me because they think they say things and still yeah. and i'm sure and and he's not gonna change overnight you know and they've said right. things that are quite I mean, I mean it's just, it's, yeah, disturbing is an understatement. <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, come on, like let's let's go to the stars. Let's build colonies. Let's have uh, let's build a, a fucking future that is going to encompass all humanity and is going to take us to the ends of the universe. Like, we don't have right. to be. Like, I, it's just I don't understand what is wrong with the message of like we can just all get along. Let's just fucking get along. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But sadly. All, a lot of I think things are you know if if <laughs> basically if if everyone's problem was solved there'd be there'd be no money I mean there wouldn't be any way to you know if no one had any needs there'd be no businesses that's basically the way the business there is to solve a problem you know to solve a need and then they get payment for that that solution um, and sometimes they want to keep things the way they are they want to keep these problems there so that they can solve them, right? Um, or and they can it, perpetuate their power because they have well, this yes. cycle going, right? Yes, exactly. That's profitable. You know, like, you know, wars and conflicts and all, all sorts of stuff. You know, it's like it's it can be profitable. Like people people who don't say that war isn't profitable is, you know, sadly mistaken because, yeah. you know, just think of all the things that you need for war. You need the guns, the uniforms, the tanks, the missiles, you know, the food, the all the supportive equipment that goes along with it. You know, somebody is making money. Yeah, uh, I, I, war, I whenever I think of – I remember I had a conversation a while ago with a, with a few friends and, and they were, we were talking about these sort of subjects. Like how does it, how does it make sense that you have right. a, a syst- an industry – around prisons like that people human oh, beings yes. make money to incarcerate and take away their lives yeah. and they're encouraging and they're paid lobbyists to have more people so that they can increase their profits on bogus bullshit things like marijuana charges like and and mm-hmm. and, and, and and you ask yourself how does that make sense but you're mm-hmm. asking the wrong question because it's not supposed to make sense to you it's it makes sense to them it makes sense to that to like, the owners of the prisons exactly. who are making money off it. it makes perfect sense to them more people in there means more money in their pockets. So they're gonna do what they can to to tilt the you know 
tilt that to their advantage, you know, by incentivizing more people go into these prisons, you know, where, you know, let's say they pay off a judge or incentivize a judge saying, hey, you know, if you, uh, you know, send people our way, we'll give you kickbacks or something. You know, I, again, I'm not an expert, so, you know, how that is actually done in real life, you know, that very well could be the, the case. And I'm sure there's some, some somewhere out there where that that's occurred. Um, I think I've probably read stuff. Uh, you know, there's just so much on the Internet, so many stories out there. Like, it's just insane um, the amount of things that are going on in the world. Um, but but yeah, it's it's that's basically where where it's at. You know, it's like, you know. And you know what? It, it, it here's a silver 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 lining. It, it could be um, that things c- could get. I had a friend told me once. He's like that. Mm-hmm. He had wished that John McCain had won against Obama, because right. what would happen with what end up happening with Obama is that all all the liberals, all the people on the left, all the people that are even further and not even yep. on the spectrum like me, because I, I I get that's left right i don't give a shit what that means i i right i, I want to think for myself and i'm tired of like playing the same political labels and stuff uh, i like I, I saw this analogy real quick you know you have the left wing and the right wing but they're attached to the same bird ah mm, you like that mm-hmm. that's a good one that's a good <laughs> yeah. one yeah so, yep, yep. so 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 you think about these things like um uh God, that was such a good thought. I lost my yeah. train of thought. Thank yeah, God. no, I'm glad you liked that. I, I saw that and I was like, wow, that's that's pretty, you know, because I've never heard of it in, you know, said that way before, you know, in that context where it's like, you know, left wing, right wing, you know, it's like, oh, well, now it makes sense. <laughs> okay, okay, I found I found my thought. So here's the here's the thing, Kenny. And um, this these 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 questions about race, these these tensions around race, I think. I- are right. ultimately a distraction because they don't make sense. We remember that question we just asked like how does this make sense? It's it doesn't make us sense. against them. It's it's right. it's because what they're doing right now is it's a divide and conquer strategy. And and so as long as you keep poor brown people divided from poor white people that are divided from yep. poor black people divided from poor Asian people, you're not going right. to get a uh, movement um, of all people who are poor, because who uh, who are the people that are um, being voted into his cabinet right now? Millionaires, billionaires. Do you think that yep. those people give a single fuck about the poor? Get out of here! Like this uh-huh. is that is that. Do you think do you think that these that the poor are going to suffer the most from here on out? Like, right. This is this is let's let's not make no mistakes. Like these, he wasn't looking out for you. Like how how is it that someone born? No into abundance and extreme wealth can be empathetic for someone that makes 10 less than ten thousand dollars a year like there's there's i just it's it's hard for me to believe like there's a photo of hillary um that yep. showed up actually and hillary was no any better was not any better by the way she was yeah she was yeah hillary, no. <laughs> a photo of hillary and she was at this like um uh at this uh apartment like a one-bedroom apartment in new york and she walks in there, and she just looks astonished. She just looks like a, a deer caught in the headlights. And it was just this moment of yep. like, oh my god, this is this is bad. This is, for me, it was just like, wow, this is bad. This is not good. This this lady yep. just doesn't doesn't get it. You know, it's it's like this country has been suffering. Like people, and yep. it's not going away. And the recession didn't get didn't get better for so many people. I mean, it's just it's one of the reasons why uh, this. This guy was able to take so many minds hostage because they were desperate. You know, he told black people, like, what do you got to lose? You know, like, like right. things had gone so <laughs> bad, you know. It's, wow. It's, 
So I, I think it's a it's 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 a very interesting world we're walking in walking into, and the most yes. important thing we can do is hope uh, that AI wakes up and takes over government. <laughs> right, and see that's the other thing is like okay now if you take if you just because it's basically just the system, right? The government is supposed to be you know checks and balances basically how a computer is you know could work or a program could work. It's yeah. basically you have these processes, you have these these organizations you know i think having things the way things set up the way that they are as far as like having limited power you know not one there's no one branch that could literally do everything which is was probably the greatest idea ever because at least it protected against uh you know like coups and and you know very knee-jerk reactions like you see in other countries where people don't like what they see like for instance let's so let's take this donald trump thing uh as an example so in other countries uh, that don't have this set up, um, you know, they might have had this knee-jerk reaction instead of just, you know, complaining about it on the internet. They go and storm, you know, the the uh, the, the Capitol building, and you know, or have the military or or you know, create their own, you know, um, military and and take, you know, and remove that, you know, government and start their own. Um, and what that does is it creates complete upheaval in what's, you know, the system for better, or for worse. Sadly, it's usually for worse, um, where, you know, it just, you know, the, the thing that gets replaced is far worse than the thing that was already there in some cases. So, um, what I was trying to get at is that, oh yes. Yeah, so, so the, the, the brilliance of the way that we're set up is that, you know, one party can, you know, at, at the moment can seize full control you have you know you have republicans you have democrats uh, obviously other parties but you know not one completely controls everything even when they have majority you know in you know in certain times like you know in the in uh you know where they have uh you know majority of uh, the the senate or what have you from getting that correctly uh uh so there can't be a lot of damage done in a small amount of time where it could, you could just completely destroy, you know, the, the fabric that holds, you know, society together and the society's not perfect, but like sometimes gutting it and, you know, starting over, starting from scratch may do more harm than good. That's like trying to, I guess, you know, Oh, let's, let's, let's fix, let's replace the engines of this airplane while it's, you know, in mid flight, you know, let's just completely rip them out the hell with the consequences. You know, I don't think that plane will get very far after that. Um, yeah, so that, Venezuela is ripe for revolution, not uh, right because they're like starving. They're like right, you know, they're, right. And they're, that, those we're, situations where, yeah, where they're the situation right now, the government that's there is creating so much harm and, and doing so little to fix it. You know, at that point, it's like, okay, what do you got to lose? But let me tell you the problem we have now, because right. remember how Obama put half the left to sleep. And uh -huh. was able to develop the world's most uh, nefarious surveillance apparatus uh, that we used to say, you know, we used to say like, you know, well, fuck, at least I trust this guy. He seems like he's reasonable. He's not going to really fuck with it. No. And we've said to ourselves, like, just as long as it's just this guy, you know, you know, we were. I right. was. I remember thinking to myself, like, man, fuck, you know, I had those thoughts like. You know, this isn't this isn't good because this could get this could be a a really bad person can come back can come on later on, and uh -huh. could, and could wield it 
to do crazy right. shit. Yes. And now you have that exact same scenario. And it's uh-huh. uh, terrifying. It's kind of terrifying because it's, right. it's, it's, it's the guy is like he gets triggered so easily for such little bullshit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at his Twitter feed is, is a prime example. I have, this, uh, I have this VR experience um, uh-huh. that I want to make anonymously of being, of Donald Trump in a giant eight man human centipede, and, <laughs> and just uh, and just seeing if I can trigger him on Twitter. Trumpapede. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> And so here's the thing: if I end up going to jail for that shit, then yeah. then you know, Kenny, that shit That's, went wrong. You'll shit be the canary wrong. in the coal mine. <laughs> then you'll know. Then you'll say. Then you'll say, "All right, Chris, you were onto something here." You know, because yeah. I'm honestly, you know, the my emotional says my emotion. The emotional part of me says, huh? "Well, I think we're witnessing the 21st century rise of fascism." Right. And my rational part says, "Well." I think the Illuminati are pretty much in control, and Donald Trump is just theater to distract us. Uh, you know right. how, and both of me, both of those sides are fucking crazy. You know because yeah. I don't know because my whole model of the world has been thrown off now. Like I don't, right. it, it's hard for me to believe it, how it was possible for someone like this to hijack, sort of like I'll a, a whole tell populace. you exactly how it was possible. I know exactly why it was possible. You know why? Because I think that. Uh, just, just in general, again, symptoms and, and the actual problems is that I don't think really school systems, our education system really mm. teaches critical thinking too much. Yep. I think they just teach you just enough to be a good, you know, worker in some situation in a plant. Like, okay, he can add numbers. He can speak. Uh, that's good enough. That's all we need. We just need you to cram this into his head for the next 12 years, you know, long enough so that when he gets out, he can be useful um as you know as an employee or some you know something else but not not smart enough not not trained enough to 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 have critical thinking skills that's why you see all this crap happen because people just sit there and watch the news and and listen to these people speak and that's all they base their opinions off of is whatever they say they don't actually look at like you know actions speak louder than words you know some of these people just like um you know like some of these Trump supporters that are being interviewed are spewing out so much nonsense as far as like, and I'm not trying to say, okay, they're Trump supporters, so they're dumb. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that some of these people are, are just, you know, saying things that aren't even true that they're like, I, I heard it on Fox or CNN or something, and it's either misquoted or or completely construed. Um, and 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 people don't won't look at facts. They'll just look at whatever's on the, whatever's being said on, on TV. And and so I don't think these are really talked about in school is how to how to how to think for yourself, like how to look at evidence and and and, you know, and then come to a conclusion based on, you know, whatever evidence, you know, more than just, you know, you know, watching a show. Case in that, point, me. Mm-hmm. I am a product of the public education system. Just look at how fucked up I came out. I mean, so, so dude i was and I, I literally was the same you know i i just I, you know school for me was just very uh not a pleasant thing for for other reasons not even just the being picked on and stuff but just you know i'm like why am i gonna you know when am i gonna use these skills like you know because i'm you know we're all kids and yeah. it's we're we're different i i think i think for the really good stuff like you know like i don't know like i think i went to a vocational school i didn't go to a traditional high school i actually so I, 
went to a traditional high school a year early because there wasn't enough room in the middle school, so they had the eighth graders go to high school. Um, and and so basically, you're kind of, you know, at that point, you went from middle school level to high school level, like you know, a year sooner uh, than you normally would, because um, it's all high school teachers. And I didn't take to that very well, so <laughs> so I, uh, you know, so I was like, okay, well, do I continue going here where they just their whole goal is to prep you to go to college so i was like you know i just don't feel that that's kind of the way i want to go and i ended up going to a vocational school which teaches you a trade teaches you you know a skill that you can use right away when you get out of school um you know like i had electrical they had welding um they had carpentry they had horticulture they had uh, you name it all the you know major professions that are out there like you know um, cosmetology, which is, you know, if you want to be a hairdresser or a barber or something like that, um, just everything, uh, computers, graphic design, all that stuff. It was there. And I was like, wow, this is heaven. This is exactly, you know, I was just, just couldn't even believe it. And I was like, this is the school. So I, I switched, uh, schools, um, and graduated from, you know, my, my brother and sister graduated from the same high school, but I did not, um, you know, I went to a different town. And it was the best decision I ever made. And it's unfortunate that schools today aren't like that, where they teach you practical skills. You know, I mean, they, they do to an extent. Like, you know, obviously you need to know math and English, reading, writing. Those are all very useful skills. But in addition to that, you should learn, like, a trade or find something that you're or good at. Basic you really... personal finance. Just basic right. personal finance would have been great in high school. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't get really none of that. that. How, yeah, to, no, how they, to do taxes, how to fill out your tax forms, how to, yeah. shit like that. Like, I didn't know, that's, that's, the, oh, God, the whole thing, the whole thing. But here's, let's, let's, let's get hopeful here because this is where right. I think VR uh, could catapult our current educational systems. We could, we could create this new medium yes. of, you know, experiential learning. Yes, and that's where I was getting at before, and you're saying what what's the ultimate vision for you know the ultimate conclusion for VR, and my my answer was you know a tool for thought. It's a way for you to sit there and visually think out your your ideas, your arguments, you know, to be able to see them right there. You can't you know argue with you know too much with the things that are in front of you that you can literally plainly see you know is is the truth. Like you know. Two plus two equals four, and you know, obviously, there are some, you know, philosophers that say, well, not exactly, but you know, we're we're dealing with you know just everyday stuff, you know, you can visibly see, you know, that this does not equal this, or this conclusion isn't the case, or it's something completely different, and that settles the argument, unless you get you know somebody that's hell bent and crazy, and you know, won't even, you know, listen to reason, you know, even if it's presented to them, and that's that's I think we're, you know things can go wrong is when people just don't even want to believe you know and you know what they see and you know numbers can be misconstrued and and manipulated to to you know get the result that people want to you know get the response but i think with vr you can at least sit there and have have an argument and and work things out like show you know like something that you know either morphs or leads into like you know if you have x amount of whatever it is um trying to see if i can put this in the right way like being able to just have a tool that allows you to express thought visually like having you know um you know either a graph or a chart or something that visually connects to another thing yeah. and it shows the process visually of whatever you know 
transition is happening you can see it visually as opposed to some paper that talks about it and you have to sit there and you know use abstraction to you know visually imagine what they're talking about yeah and but but here's the thing um and, and not only that but also being able to have um experiences that provide you with uh, uh the motivation to critically think all of a sudden about a particular right. subject or a particular thing. right and here's the thing you know and i and i hate to go back to trump but i but i sort of have to because this is where trump affects virtual reality you know we're bringing uh, it all full circle you know i know okay. it, and it was it took me a while but i but i got i got to where i wanted to get okay. so thank you kenny you're really no, good you're, yeah, really no, thank you. This, uh, the conversation, yeah. this is this this conversation is flowing uh, so smoothly, silky smooth. Um, so so here's the thing. I, I mean, Trump is uh, a sellout for the old media. You know, he's he for God's sake, he's doing the NBC NBC's The Apprentice. He's an exec. He's not quitting his job as the uh, apprentice as an executive oh, yeah. director or whatever or producer. Oh. Right, and so and so, I see his ties to old guard media uh, as a potential thing to worry about on his stance on net neutrality, because right. you look at what's happening to YouTube. YouTube is fucked up right now. PewDiePie uh-huh. and all the other PewDiePie, Jacksepticeye, H three HD productions, like they're all all these dudes are all going up and complaining and telling people, "Holy shit, it's all going to hell." And yep. uh, the Game Theory channel posted a really good video that showed, like, what's going on. And what's really? going on is YouTube, it, 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 and they didn't, and, and, and I mean, in, in, uh, in the YouTube video, they didn't explicitly say what's happening. But you mm-hmm. can deduct fairly easy that YouTube is selling out to the old media. And they're right. uh, arranging their algorithms so that it's, so that on the top trending, the top videos are things like The Late Show, uh, yeah. you know, or like, you know, NBC, CBS sort of type, yep. all those types of shows, that, that kind of content makes it to the top most. Right. And so, and so how can we prevent, prevent virtual reality from going in that direction? Like, you know, because, because it looks like to me that, you know, old guard media, um, doesn't want to die and is going to go down with a fight. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and it's what's funny is that uh, since you bring this up, is uh, Tim Sweeney actually uh, has said that uh, you know from Epic Games um, that you know he believes that anyone who wields virtual reality, any company that that you know has these platforms, uh, could potentially be more powerful than than governments in some ways, as far as like the, the you know. What message they can send because they're going to have a you know what he said a terrifyingly you know intimate you know I'm paraphrasing here but you know basically just the, the knowledge that they can abstract from you like you know what you like what you look at like all that stuff um, you know uh, you know they'll have control over as far as you know that sort of thing amplified because virtual reality amplifies you know kind of uh, you know media in a way like you can do all sorts of really immersive stuff so you know so that's where i think he was he was getting at is you know going back to what you're saying is control like you know you don't want to give one you know organization complete control over everything because you know i think that's you know who knows what's what's going to happen but you know they're obviously will try to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. having having you know maybe not absolute power but having a lot of power to get away with stuff and companies will abuse that, and they have, and they they will continue to, you know, 
to really push that line as much as they can uh, for, for profit. I'm 100% cognizant um, and aware of that issue, and I think it's one of those it's one of those ideas that gets bounced around in the show, and we don't mm-hmm. take it we don't take it much further than that. But but I, and I want to push it if you if you if you don't mind a little bit. Oh sure sure. Because then when you when we ask when we worry about this control this amount of information that they will they will have over the hive mind of the cumulative my hive mind, then you mm-hmm. sort of have to ask yourself like what are we getting in benefit from this control then. You know. Right. Well, this this goes to the whole, you know, the whole fake news stuff that's going on about Facebook and how, you know, majority of crap on Facebook is, you know, fake or just blatantly fake. Like the people who are peddling this stuff don't care. You know, they're just trying to get clicks or what have you if they have maybe an agenda. But this goes back to critical thinking. You know, if you really were to look at some of this stuff and you know say okay what's the source of this like are they a reliable source like what's their track record if you look at stuff like that and just ignore you know what they're saying and look at like you know what they've done and and you know is what they're saying on a regular basis accurate you know if that's not the case then then you can pretty much just stop wasting your time watching them or listening to what they're saying because you know that it's just not true and and you know, just again a waste waste of time, um, and and that's I guess one thing, you know, that's a, a tool that we can use to help, you know, I guess defend against you know the nonsense that's out there, and and you know come to the right, you know right conclusions, or at least try to. That would be a good killer app to try to create the the bullshit uh, detect or the critical thinking simulator. Oh, well, you know, they already have had a tool like that for a long time, long before the Internet and long before, like, we're, we're talking it's, way, way back. Sounds like, like you're about to say something very obvious. Oh, well, no, actually, it's it, it would have been obvious in, like, you know, maybe the Victorian era or the early 20th century. Uh, and that tool was the, uh, the trivium and the quadrivium. Oh, man, uh, you came out of nowhere. I have no idea what, what this is. Right. You're going to love this. And this is something a lot of people don't know about. But apparently, back in the day, like, you know, well, you know, bef- right when, like, you know, modern education was happening, even before then, uh, you had the, uh, what was called the trivium and the quadrivium, or referred to as the seven liberal arts. Now, the trivium is the first part of this. And this is basically the process. And it contains three parts. You have... Um, you have like basically if you think of it in computer terms you have input which is basically you know learning the the language or learning the you know whatever medium that you happen to be working in either spoken or written language um and then you have um you know the processing part which is you know the you know the thought like taking it in and, and putting that stuff into motion and using that you know the the spoken or written language to you know form ideas and then and then the third part is the output which is basically um um you know relaying that information to other people and and you know and like you know if you're presenting facts or if you if you're like you know going up in front of a class or you're your peers, colleagues, and presenting these facts, saying this is what I found based on you know these measurements, these you know these facts that I found, um, I was able to you know um, decipher 
you know, this information out of it and I'm presenting it to you. And then you can then take it to wherever you want to take it. But there's a process for thought. Uh, and um, um, it went by actually another name. Um, i trying to remember the full. It was uh, uh, logic and rhetoric were the last two. And then there was the other other part. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It will come to me, though. But, but it's basically input, processing, and output. You, you know, learn how to take in the information through, you know, measurements of reading writing whatever have you you know using your senses and then processing it and then relaying that you know your results to other people uh and then the the other parts the the four um i guess at the time they were you know called the like basically if you think of science and math uh you have uh the first one's arithmetic the second one is uh is uh geometry uh, the third is harmonics, which is basically um, uh, like music and that sort of thing. Basically, time. You're dealing with time. So the first one is like adding, subtracting, arithmetic. The second one is space, which is, you know, geometry, trigonometry type stuff. And then the third one is time. And then the fourth one is combining that, and that has to deal with space and time together, which is... Um, you know, uh, uh, not not astrology, but uh, like uh, astronomy. Thank you. There we go. Uh, so, and there you have it. There's the seven liberal arts. So, with all that knowledge, and you know, uh, basically all these different uh, disciplines, uh, you can basically uh, use that as your toolkit to solve most problems that you'll encounter in life. Uh, the other things that you're also taught, along with that. Is, is critical thinking like you know tactics that are used to get you to you know use your emotions basically using your emotions against you like you know appeal to authority oh take it from this person he's a doctor or he's you know uh, so and so that has done so many great things take his word because he's telling you that you know because he's an authority and so they can use appeal to authority uh for that they can use you know appeal to um you know either to ridicule you or to say like you've seen the commercials so they say oh you know time's running out act now that's appealing to you know to basically you know shortage of time or or you know the uh, uh you know this, this resource or this thing isn't going to be around for a while so yeah, act now do it now we fear of missing out Yep, uh, and then there's ones where they ridicule you which, which is basically like you know you don't want to be this person Right, you've seen that commercial. It's like, yeah. you know, where it looks and you know you'd be embarrassed by not doing this. So they can appeal to different, you know, you know, different emotions, um, you know, um, that that people have, and that's how you know basically a salesperson. That's essentially what people are doing in politics is just trying to sell you something. Whether you're actually going to get that thing <laughs> is a different story, but <laughs> they're using these tactics to to get you to to do something that they want. And it's your job to, with, with these tools, to to decipher what they're doing. You know, is this person just a bullshit artist? Is he just selling a bunch of crap? You know, is he what he's saying true? Like, can we look at information in the past that's, you know, that that would tell us otherwise? And that's all you got to really do. And you would get rid of most of the, you know, most of these people that would be causing harm. You'd be like, hey, he's complete full of shit. Um, you know, and instead of other people saying. 
oh, well, no, that's not true because X, Y, and Z, because he said he was going to do this thing or, or just using, you know, whatever stuff that they heard. Um, if they use these same tools, they would come to the, you know, similar conclusion saying, hey, wait, you're right. Based upon this evidence that you're providing and based on, you know, the, the thought process that I went through, um, you know, this is the conclusion. No, he's not going to do the things that he says he's going to do based on his past performance, you know, stuff like that. So, no, I you know, won't vote for this person or no, I'm not going to buy this thing or do what they tell me to do because we know that that's, you know, based on what we looked at. That's not going to be the case. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, part of the story that's unfolding in front of us in the state of the political world is the cannibalizing of democracy with uh, cap capitalism. Yeah. Um, and, and, and one of the reasons why that's happening is because the media have fallen to capitalism. The fourth estate uh, was mm -hmm. supposed to be this sort of fourth check and checks and balance. Um, mm -hmm. that became total and utter shit when they started selling out to corporations and that's why no right. one trusts them and they can go fuck themselves. So right. that's the problem. Like, you know, who do you trust when, when someone, some, like, and here's the thing about, like, the, the whole debate with Trump people. Like, you know, it, it, the whole debate goes like this. Right. <laughs> you accuse them of something, they accuse yep. you back. You right. say this, they, they, it's always, and, there's, it, and it, it could never, be, it could be never, complete. Yes, and and, yeah, and, and nobody's yeah, checking. Yeah, exactly, saying, exactly. You know, and, and no one goes anywhere. But like, at least they never lose. It, if at least it's a tie. And, right. And 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 it's never. We never. We, you know, it's it's. And I don't know if it's this thing about like them perceiving acceptance of fault a weakness. Um, right. But in my world, I think that's a strength. That's that is a that is a human being that is working with their core, their 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 um, prefrontal cortex. <laughs> that's a yep, human yep. being that is using their critical thinking abilities. When, when when you're able to like be aware enough to look at yourself and realize that oh my god, I'm fucking up, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it's in the and I just don't see that. We're not getting any of that. Any of that. Um, right. I'll tell you when I'm fucking up. I don't give a fuck because I want to I want to be better later right. on. You want to be honest with yourself, you know? Yeah. And but. and that's one of the things. Oh, by the way, so I just remember the uh how the the three it's uh grammar, logic and rhetoric. That's the, the ah. trivia. But okay. uh, but but yeah, so that's that's the thing, you know. If if nobody can you if nobody has the tools to get themselves, you know, if no one has the shovel to, you know, you know, to get them out of the, you know, dig them out of a ditch, then you know they're screwed. <laughs> yeah. So t speaking of rhetoric, uh, I've been noticing something that's been extremely, extremely exciting. Um, yeah. There's a meme war going on on Reddit right now. Uh oh. Uh, Germany just invaded our Germany just invaded our uh, or I would say our Deutschland has invaded our France, and uh -huh. they with memes with with all oh. sorts of memes, and uh, our Belgium is has been asking our Britain for help lately um, because they're worried about getting caught in the crossfire and <laughs> our our america america is yep. uh sort of just standing by pretending the conflict isn't going on but there's a total meme war happening right now it's crazy it's a world war wow. meme war that's um, crazy yeah and in in you know it's sort of like it, it, from an anthropological perspective i can't wait till we have shit like no. that uh in virtual reality in the metaverse and then you could see the you know how that all got started, and you yes. could actually figure it out who did what, and you could figure out 
are there perpetrators? Like, is there a group of people who who've actually started this? Like on purpose like went through and said hey i'm gonna egg these people on and you go over there and egg these people on and 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 we'll uh actually south park actually captured this pretty well their their latest episodes were talking about you know this very thing trolls literally that's what it was about was was basically you know people trolling other people and using trolling as as a weapon to get people to you know you know fight that's literally what it was about yeah um and actually, Elon Musk made an appearance. Like, actual did the voice for his, you know, character in South Park. Like, what character did he play? Did he? He was playing himself. Oh, like nice. they went to SpaceX because Carton was like, you know, you know, talking about getting off planet Earth, and you know, he's like, <laughs> oh, let's go to SpaceX, and, and 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 it was actually Elon Musk, like literally him, that was voicing his, you know, his character on South Park, you know, and I thought that was hilarious. Um, did, was it is it true that George Clooney played a big gay dog on South Park once? Uh, he played the voice of a big big gay dog. Oh, I I don't know. I, I I've never heard about that, but you know, who knows? You know, that, that was, um, was I know it? about Man Bear Pig, but that that's that's about <laughs> all for. <laughs> I love fucking South Park. I love South yes. Park, uh, but I feel like Rick and Morty has overtaken South Park on that level of like. You know, it's adult cartoon comedy for it's, me. Right. Well, you know, South Park and, and Rick and Morty are, you know, they're they're, uh, you know, they're both comedy, but but I think they're tackling different parts of the spectrum. Like Rick and Morty is more, I guess, slapstick. You know, I don't I don't know if there's any type of you know deeper meaning with Rick and Morty oh, as far yeah. as like, oh, I feel like it's okay. Is. I feel like okay. There is. Yeah, I haven't gotten that down. You know, far you know that far with it as far as like you know is it covering any philosophical stuff and you know it, it very well may but i haven't gone that far but i know south park actually tackles the stuff like you know they've tackled obviously religion they've tackled politics they've 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 covered all the bases but more recently you know in in the last several years they've they've really you know uh framed their cartoons their plots you know to send a message to people like you know like you know, with the various religions, you know, you know, wars being fought over religion, I ideologies, like literally people dying for ideas, mm. um, saying how absurd that is. What was it? The the beavers versus the uh, it was some other race that they had, uh, that they had a war over because their their religion was slightly different than the other person's, huh. and they were like ah. each other. Everyone's like, "No, wait! This is stupid. Why would you do that?" You know, and and they're trying to make a point, saying, "Yes, it is stupid, and why are we killing over it?" You know, it's just dumb. Matt and Trey are really good at channeling um, human fallacies, human yep. idiosyncrasies, and current human perception. And right. I think, I I think the VR community should watch South Park episodes regarding virtual reality in the future to see it sort of as a barometer as how because these guys are channeling they're channeling the overall society right, right. so 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 far all the episodes that I've seen for VR on South Park have been like positive for VR yeah um, no so they, I, they, I wonder they what they'll channel as you know things go forward and so it'd be good to keep an eye on how how they portray VR because it's a it's a it, it'll it'll help us understand what the rest of everybody thinks too. I yeah, think. yeah, and they'll be like kind of the yeah the the 
the bellwether of the canary in the coal mine as far as like okay if there's a problem they'll pick it out they'll literally you know make an episode about it like you know actually they did about uh if you remember uh, world of warcraft they actually yeah. you know did a whole segment where literally they just sat in the basement and got fat and you know zit covered and just played world of warcraft all day and they were touching on a point that people were doing that like i they're for sure going to do an episode on VR and teledildonics. I mean, it's not a thing yet, but it's going to be right. a thing. And when it is a thing, they're going to do a they're going to do an episode on it for sure. Oh yeah, that, yeah. For, I I would totally agree with that. You know, they they have all the characters, all the pieces in place to, you know, to to uh, you know make that happen. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, Kenny, I we are we have gone for two hours, and I think we can go for two more. But I think we're gonna we're gonna leave the audience uh, wanting more. Um, right, so, right. So, any uh-huh. last thoughts before we bring things to a close? Um, yeah, no, this has been uh, incredible. Like, um, this is you know the first uh, podcast I've I've actually not not been on, but like one that I've actually got to sit down and you know voice my opinions and and uh, you know have a, have a good conversation um, and hope that that trend continues. Um, but yeah, I, I you know this is great and. If you ever want to give a shout out to uh, to my uh, to my homies at Gunners Universe, you know I uh, uh, help out with that, and uh, that's a show that you can find every Tuesday night, uh, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, and we talk to people um, about VR uh, in VR. Um, so come on down; it's live, and we also have recordings on YouTube. And the other guys I want to give a shout out to is uh, Fishbowl. Uh, that's one thing I didn't get to cover, but real quickly. Um, they actually uh, help devs, uh, you know, play test their uh, their uh, their VR applications. So they'll have, you know, they'll have a, a number of people actually download their app, test it out, provide feedback, and help the help the devs, you know, give uh, give that polish to their to their app. So I come in and I actually provide feedback from a visually impaired perspective. So I want to give a shout out for them for having me, uh, you know, involved with that. Um, and it's been a great learning experience. So, anyways, uh, that's that's pretty much it for me. That's awesome. Shout-outs yeah. to Jeff Sko and Gunter and the rest of the gang. Yes. Uh, check out Gunter's Universe. They're fucking amazing. I couldn't say enough good things about Gunter and all the work that you guys put together. Kenny right is the you. world's most talented uh, cameraman uh, oh, on, in the metaverse. And just you guys gotta go we just gotta go and meet them because they're amazing and uh fishable vr doing doing yeah. the thing that is necessary to make sure that the metaverse is ambi- ubiquitous yep, um, yep. And, and and there's and sadly well i wouldn't say that but there's so many other cool people out there that we could we could probably spend another half an hour giving shout outs to all the awesome people in vr but you know we'll save that for for another time uh and but but yeah it's it's great that's so, one of uh, the tragedies about being in this in this community. It's there's it's it's a good tragedy. It's just yeah. there's so many people to meet, and they're so cool, and there's yes. so much time you can spend with each and every one of them. But there's so little time on this planet, and it right. fucking sucks. It, yeah, it does. So we just need these robots to take all our jobs away, so that we can spend time hanging out with people. Fuck yes. <laughs> Yes, party till the end of the universe. Kenny, right thanks, so, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are, uh, 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 without a doubt, without a doubt, a true scholar and philosopher and gentleman of the metaverse. I am really honored. Thank you so much for your time, and I uh, can't wait to have you again. Thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, look forward to it, and this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. Mm-hmm.
bam don't hang up uh, i'm just gonna hit stop